Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift. And I have got a guest on the show today, Valerie Recor, and she is going to talk about something that I think is so critical for um, single for moms going through a divorce who are going to be single parenting. Even if they got a really supportive co-parenting, there's still <laughs> going to be sometimes where they're single parenting. So let me introduce Valerie. She is a productivity specialist and a certified fair play facilitator. <laughs> I messed that up last time. So I wanted to make sure I did it right this time. So Valerie, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what got you started in this and kind of where your area of passion and expertise lies. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I help moms um, basically spend more quality time with their families and focus on what's important to them uh, because I believe that moms do too much. I believe society has told us that in order to have it all, we need to do it all. And I think that's a load of BS. And I think that we need to be able to share the load with everything that it takes to run a household and raise kids. And um, certainly being a a single parent adds a whole other level of challenge to that. And we're going to dive into what that is today. But I got into what I do because... Just years of listening to my friends and moms and probably my mom's generation just talk about their partners and talk about how busy we are in a way that just never sat right with me. I always just felt like there was something we could be doing differently. And the way that we talk about being busy, like it's a badge of honor. Right. But we're just, I think we're also very overwhelmed and exhausted. And we kind of do it to ourselves to some degree. Um, But we also, society just tells us that this is what we need to do when we don't feel like we have the time to sit back and really focus on what's important to us. And so I'm here to guide moms through that process and help them figure out what is important to them so that they're not just running on a treadmill that they feel they can't ever step off of. Well, and I think, you know, I think you touched on something that's so important because, um, and and again, I'm I'm of a certain generation, so I'm not, you know, um, I haven't parented. <laughs> I, I was never a parent in any generation, but I mean, I, you know, interacting in schools with a lot of kids, uh, moms feeling overwhelmed. So I started really working probably in the in the 90s um, with that. But I mean, obviously, I had in my teaching career, but obviously before that, I knew lots of lots of women in my neighborhood and my community, friends of mine who, you know, had the motherhood the husband, the, um, the, the professional career, the expectations that they would manage the home. And even look at what those expectations are now, they have gone from, mm-hmm. you know, a relatively modest, maybe two bedroom bungalow was kind of the typical middle-class home to a huge house with all kinds of things going on. Kids are involved in so many different activities. Now it's not like just getting them up in the morning and getting them off to school. I mean, there's, you know, there's, Moms are just on a treadmill and some dads are too. So I want to put that Mm -hmm. out there. This is, you know, some dads are really Mm -hmm. conscientious and really do help or even take on all the load. So can you talk a little bit about when you said women do this to themselves a little bit? Can you maybe cross that bridge? Because I think that's, that's one of those red flags where a lot of 
partners say, well, if you don't want to do it, let me know and I'll find somebody who can or I'll take it on. Um, and that mm-hmm. that has a whole mm-hmm. different connotation too. So so talk a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So um, there's two parts of that. So the the part of where I think that we do it to ourselves is one, we buy into all of these stereotypes that we need to have this beautiful, perfectly clean home all of the time. And we need to have our kids in all of these activities because it's going to lead them to be successful down the road. That could be a whole other topic on itself, but we just feel like we need our kids to be in all of the, these activities. So then we spend all sorts of time driving them to places. Um, we we were never taught as women how to ask for help. We're very much of the like, I should just be able to do it myself and I'm failing if I can't. And so we just do all of this stuff, even though we're exhausted trying to figure it all out. And if you're working full time on top of that, there's a whole other, there's just, you're doing several shifts. You're doing your work shift and you're coming home and doing what's known as the second shift, which really starts in the morning before you even get to work and then getting the kids up and out the door and yourself and all of that. And then you get to come home and you continue to do that. And some of it is we put those expectations on ourselves, right? Like I know we love to, it can be important to us to have a clean home to have an organized house, to serve healthy meals every night. But sometimes I think we just need to let that go. Like I love walking into my kitchen in the morning when we've cleaned it, but I also, some nights I'm just too tired to care. And I would rather go get some rest and take care of myself than stay up late dealing with the kitchen. And so it's shifting that to give ourselves a little bit of permission to just I don't want to say lower your standards, but just change them a little, shift them a little bit so that we're not wearing ourselves out. Like what is really important to me in this moment or today? And and then the part of that is in the, like, well, just tell me what I need to do. If your partner is asking, is saying that that's a whole other, There's that's problematic as well, because there's so much work to get to that point, right? When somebody just says, well, just outsource it, just hire a cleaner, just hire a nanny, just hire somebody like you're still managing that relationship. There's still a lot of steps to get to where you even have somebody coming over to clean your house. And then if it's a a nanny or a regular, maybe it's an afternoon, somebody who's a teenager, who's going to come over and just hang out with your little ones while you get some work done or fold a load of laundry, what happens when they call out sick? or they just don't show up. Like you're still managing those relationships and it's not as simple as like, as just saying, we'll hire somebody else to do it. Yeah. And, and there's part of that too, when in working with your partner, whatever that relationship looks like when they ask, just tell me what to do. There's still a lot of um, work to figuring out what that looks like. How am I going to offload this to you? What do you need to know to be successful at it? How do we get that from my brain to your to-do list? And there's a lot of steps to get there. And so it's still work. It's not this easy, just, well, here's the grocery list. Like it's, there's a lot more to it than that. It's not that simple. It's funny. You mentioned the grocery list. I was the other day, I was shopping at our little local grocery store here. And there was this guy and bless his heart. He was on the phone with his wife walking down the aisle <laughs> and he was taking pictures. Of oh. and I, was thinking, I bet you she's wishing she just went to the store just on her like, own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously I don't know the circumstances behind that, but um, <laughs> you know, so I, I get what you're saying that 
it's not just as easy as hiring somebody. Um, anybody who's ever tried to hire somebody to fill a role, personally, professionally, whatever, there's a whole trust factor. There's, I like the idea, like you said, how do you how do you do a mind dump from what your I, ideas and your standards and your needs are into somebody else's head? It's a really tough mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So when when you work with the the women that you work with, the moms that you work with, are they mostly younger moms or do you have moms like right across sort of the age spectrum? Um, it would be across the spectrum. I mean, I think a lot of this work is helpful when moms have younger kids versus you know, when you've hit the teenage years that we can certainly shift some things. Um, but I think it feels heavier when the kids are younger and yeah, there's, just, they are really, there's a lot more going on. Yeah. And they're really dependent on you, aren't they? I mean, it's like, you know, a teenager, you can say, you know, get mm-hmm. your own snacks or, you know, make your own meal, but you can't really mm-hmm. say that to a three or four or five year old. You certainly can't say that to them. So, right. so what do you think is the biggest area where, um, and I don't, I don't know if you would use these terms. So if you wouldn't correct me, okay. But where, where we, are ineffective in our time management on our own side of the coin. Do you, am I making sense Mm -hmm. with that? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know that there's, you know, when I look back about the things that I used to do on a regular basis, there's a lot of those things I could have streamlined. I could have batched them. I could have done a whole bunch of things with them. So how much of this is, Mm -hmm. is um, just our lack of understanding of how to, how to approach all these thousand one different things we've got to get done in the day. Mm -hmm. I think it comes from, so as a mom, we have, you know, these endless to-do lists, We maybe multiple to-do lists. We've got ideas and tasks and things just coming at us from multiple different directions. Things shift, right? When your kids are little, there's snow day. Well, there's snow days really any age, but you've got sick days and days off and summer camps and all of these things that you need to figure out. And you're looking at your to-do list and it feels like you are never going to make a dent in this stuff. And I've been there. I have walked into my kitchen going, seriously, again, I have to, you know, feed my kids and clean up the kitchen and do all of these, get them out the door and make sure they've packed their lunch. And it's, it's taking a step back from that and knowing one that you don't have to do everything that is on your to-do list today. And it's knowing where one of the first things that I do with my clients is figure out where they want to be. So what are your long-term goals, personally and professionally? What are your values as a family and as a person? And those things, which feel heavy, and I I could hear listeners maybe just sort of cursing at me right now because they're like thinking they don't have time for this, right? But when you have those figured out, you can then figure out what your priorities are today. So I know what I need to focus on today based on where I want my business to go in the next few months or this year. Um, I know what phone calls or emails I need to send personally based on a personal goal that I have. So maybe it's, I'm I'm working on starting a a Girl Scout troop with my 10-year-old. And so it's reaching out to parents. It's figuring out who I need to contact at the school to get an email sent out. And it's like, and and it's those small steps, right? I don't have to do the whole thing today. Right. It's who do I need to email? Yeah. Who do I need to text? And it's that's, then I'm going to cross that off my list and I'm going to move on. And it's taking that time to evaluate all of that 
the big stuff so that you know the little things that need to happen today that are moving you forward. And then focusing on those tiny little steps today, knowing that, so I'll pick my top few, say three to five priorities that I need to focus on today, knowing I'm going to do way more than that. But what are the key things that need to happen today? And then I like to front load my day because if by lunchtime I haven't exercised and I haven't written my social media content, it's not going to happen because my brain just gets more tired as the day goes on. And I know that about me, right? And so I do what I need to do early in the morning. Maybe you work better in the afternoon or really early in the morning or after the kids go to bed. And that's when you're going to do some of the bigger things. Um, I also find that more disruptions happen as the day goes on too. So if I get my big stuff done, I know it's done. And then I can carry on with the other things like the dishes and laundry and dinner and whatever else needs to happen. And so it's starting with the big things and then it helps you figure out how to prioritize. Yeah, I really like that. And that's, you know, when you said you, you the, your clients are probably cursing at you or, or my clients are probably, <laughs> my, my listeners are probably cursing at you. No, because they've heard it from me too. That's one of the things we do in the divorce is where do you want to be? Because you can't mm-hmm. make decisions in the divorce if you don't know where you want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. So this this should be a repetitive mm-hmm. pattern for people who've listened okay, to more than a couple of these podcasts. But um, so I really like that idea of knowing when you're, time is when you feel the most energy and where you want to work and then creating that space for yourself. Um, do you think that's tough for moms to do, to be able to do that? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to go kind of into where, um, where my focus is, is especially maybe moms that are, have always had a fairly supportive partner that has done some of the stuff with the kids or maybe a significant amount of the stuff with the kids. And now through the divorce or separation, you know, the kids are five days with mom, two days with the partner or vice versa. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden they are single parenting for lack of a better term. How do you, how do you navigate all that kind of stuff? Cause I'm guessing that's a big change for, for people that maybe had a pretty good system with the kids up until the divorce or separation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're co-parenting, like within your example, where the kids are split in some way between both households, um, I think, um, as you mentioned, the fair play method falls right into that because it covers all of the tasks that need to happen within a household. And there's a bunch of steps and like clarification and you're getting into the why behind everything and the values, but it really opens up that communication with your co-parent as to what needs to happen when. So one of you needs to be fully in charge of um, when papers need to be filled out for school. So one of you is doing that. And it's not either you just assume the other parent is doing it or you're both doing it. And then things get confused because now the school has two different sets of the same form for one kid. Um, So really getting clear on who is doing what, and it can change, certainly. So maybe it's first semester, one parent is in charge of everything, next semester, the other parent is, or if depending on, you know, if it's one week, if your kids are with somebody one week and then a partner the next week, like whoever's house they're in is in charge of homework and lunches and laundry and all of these tasks. And so the different um, 
what are called car the cards which come into play in the method or ta- we can, tasks can be handed off between the parents and then you're going to talk about what that looks like what does completed homework looks like look like what does the paperwork and so you're communicating about all of that and then knowing the goals and the values maybe some of that shifts maybe it needs to to shift a little bit especially during a tra- big transition you're going to let some of this stuff go in terms of things that maybe you would do under normal circumstances, but life doesn't feel normal right now. And so it's okay to maybe not throw an elaborate birthday party this year because you just don't have the bandwidth to make that happen. And you still want to celebrate a birthday, but you're not going to invite 30 people over. You're going to have a slumber party or a sleepover or sure. take out in a movie night. And you're going to make a big deal out of it, but not in this themed elaborate way or hey maybe this semester we need to drop an activity because it's just the logistics of getting everybody where they need to go during the week has gotten way too complicated right and so everybody needs to step back and that's okay and just taking that time and knowing it can be temporary and I I was going to say sometimes sometimes a lot of these kids that are going back and forth from event to event to event you know, if you sit down and talk to them and say, if you could drop one of these, which would you like to drop? They will tell you right now that there's at least mm-hmm. one of those things that they're doing because they think because they like it, it's OK, but it's not their favorite thing. And it wouldn't hurt their feelings if they just gave it up for a while. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Talk with your kids about that. Have that conversation and and see what's going to work for them. Maybe just a little bit stepping back a little bit is what they want to. They just don't know how to say it. Yeah. And I so. I kind of derailed your whole conversation here right <laughs> off the bat. So I'm sorry. Okay. I want to go back to the that invisible um, load that mother that motherhood involves. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit more about some of the things that your clients aren't even aware or I call them the energy suckers in our life that are just weighing us down? And maybe, like you say, they don't even they're not even aware of the impact of those um, values or assumptions or perceptions of what they're supposed to be doing, how that's actually weighing on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the invisible load is really all of those tasks and things that moms think about that are just in our heads all the time. So we know our kids' favorite toothpaste brand. We know what kind of, say in my case, it's keeping track of which kid does not like pasta sauce on their pasta this week, right? Because it'll probably change Sure, (laughs) in a couple of weeks. It's knowing when we need toilet paper and we're going to be out of Kleenex and we need to buy these certain things or, hey, this my kids need a, a physical so they can do soccer this spring or they need I need to update this form with the schools to get them registered. And it's it's all in our head. It's this constant ticker tape running through our heads of things that need to happen. And nobody else knows that it happens. They just magically have clean socks that appear in their drawer every week. And they have, they never, bathrooms magically never run out of toilet paper and their favorite toothpaste is always in the drawer. And there are always the right condiments in the fridge because you as mom are making that happen and nobody else can keep, nobody else is keeping track of that. Right. And so one of the things we need to work on as a mom is helping others in our household, whether that is our kids or our partner, know this stuff. So it's my husband happens to be the one who's better at buying groceries. 
because he just does more of the cooking. And so he's just better at it. And so over the years, he's taken that over. I would, and I end up having to ask him sometimes, like, I don't know what pasta sauce our kids like, what am I doing here? Because he's taken that on. And so maybe it's creating grocery lists where the brands are there so that it's just easier for somebody to take that list, whether it's your partner or a um, nanny or somebody else can go do that. And it's going to take time to get some of that to happen, but it's working. It's just getting some of that stuff out of your brain and documented so somebody else can take over. And it's maybe letting go of how a dishwasher is loaded or how laundry is washed and folded and knowing that it's just great that somebody else did it. Like, sure, maybe you could have I could have fit twice as many dishes in the dishwasher, but now I don't have to run this load because somebody else took care of it. Yeah. And so it's that invisible load is all of the things that are, we do as moms that nobody else sees and things just magically happen around the house and it's exhausting. And it takes, there's a lot of resentment that comes from that when nobody else seems to know what is going on and they, and they don't appreciate it. Right. Like nobody thanks me for remembering to put toothpaste in the bathroom or toilet paper. And I, I just noticed that we're getting low and it happens, or somebody's going to be yelling from the bathroom that they're out of toilet paper. It's going to be your fault. You know, somebody will blame you for that. Right. And so it's make, it's getting that out of your head and making that more visible so that everybody else knows what's going on and can participate in making that stuff happen. I really like that. I, I think that's that's a really um, smart thing is just but it it also, you know, I'm going I, again, I'm going to go back to um, people that I've worked with. I'm not going to name any names, but it's like <laughs> this is my this is my area of expertise. And, you know, there's a there's an old saying that knowledge is power. Right. So if I'm the only one that knows this, that mm-hmm. gives me that position of power. And I'm not saying anybody intentionally says, I'm not going to tell my, you know, my spouse, what, what spaghetti sauce my kids like, but I think there is that sense of this is my, this is my role as mom. This is what I do in the family. And do you think there's a little bit, it's, it's a little hard, although we resent people for not mm-hmm. knowing it's also hard to accept the mm-hmm. fact that we're going to have to give up some of that. I'm going to say control, but not, not like dominance. That's not what I'm talking mm-hmm. about here. Yeah, absolutely. Because as women for generations, we have been told that the house is what we're in charge of the home. That's our realm, right? We don't have that kind of power or control in the works in the workspace as much professionally. It's we're not quite in charge there. But we have full control over the home and we've been told that this is we as women, this is our role, this is what we should be doing. We take that on. And so we've ingrained it so much that being able to let go a little bit is really hard. Yeah. And I I get that. I fully get that. I remember watching my kids when they were little clean up their toys. And I always had a very specific, you know, things go in certain bins. And it was really hard to sit back and let my three-year-old put stuff away. And the whole goal was just getting toys off the floor, right? It didn't really matter if they were put in the correct bins, but it would drive me nuts it was really hard to just step back and let her clean up however she wanted to. And then maybe I'd go back every now and then and resort things, but I had to just work on letting that go a little yeah. bit and let them have that power 
Yeah. And, and that agency. And it's, it's hard. I mean, it is really hard. And I think it's something that we need to work on over time and find just a little something that we can let go of and, and let that shift and sort of like, it's like working out muscles It's yeah. just little by little. We're going to work on that. And that's, that's what I was going to say is somebody having like your expertise as a coach to actually walk you through what is comfortable to let go, what it, you know, what is going to be the less anxiety provoking thing to get the ball rolling. I think that would be mm-hmm. phenomenal for, like you say, for moms that are just feeling overwhelmed um, and just feeling like the, like there's that thousand and one things to do and they're on number two on the list today, kind of every day mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. overwhelming. So Bella, we have covered a ton of information and it's been really valuable. And thank you. This has been, this has been a really an eye opener for me um, in, in thinking about some of the, some of the difficulties that even my clients come to me and talk about. So thank you for this. What would you like people to remember when they um, go on about their, their busy day today after listening to this? Yeah. Um, That it's okay if you don't complete your to-do list today, that our to-do lists are never going to end. And I don't say that to make you want to just crawl back in bed, but that it means that you can focus on what really needs to happen today and know that you can continue working on stuff tomorrow, that it's just pick what's important to you today, what your top priorities are, focus on those, and then take a minute and try to let the rest of it go because it's it's okay. And you are not a failure if you don't get it all done today. That's wonderful. And that's such a powerful, positive message. I love that. Valerie, how can people reach out to you, find out more about what you do or connect with you if they're interested in in maybe working with you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Stride Productivity. And then you can also head to my website, strideproductivity.com. And I've got lots of great things coming out this year. So um, follow me on Instagram or head over to my website and you can sign up for um, a private podcast of mine. That's just little snippets that you can listen to in the school pickup line. Um, that's what it's titled is just, it's just designed for a few minutes of a little, a few ideas to get you thinking about what we talked about today and diving deeper into that and, um, moving forward with all of that. That, Love that. That's a great idea because that is that is a time when moms can have a little downtime in that in that school pickup line for sure. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on here, Valerie. You, I mean, I'm you've got me thinking about a lot of things too, and I'm not even a mom, and I'm thinking about a lot of things. So thank you so much, and everybody, mm-hmm. thank you for listening into the D Shift, and I look forward to talking to or li- having you listen in next week when we have another fantastic guest to talk to. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.